Set a spark to your integrated business and marketing strategies with America's top entrepreneurs and business leaders here at Integrate and Ignite with your host, Lori Jones. Welcome to the Integrate and Ignite podcast. Tim Parkin is president at Parkin Consulting and is a global marketing advisor and coach who unlocks the revenue potential of world-renowned nine-figure brands by merging behavioral psychology and technology. He specializes in helping marketing teams optimize performance, accelerate growth, and maximize their results. He also hosts a podcast for marketing professionals. In short, Tim helps marketing executives optimize performance and maximize results to unlock millions of dollars in growth. He is also an experienced speaker who can educate, inspire, and motivate teams to maximize their marketing, increase performance, and achieve dramatic growth in record time. Welcome to Integrate and Ignite, Tim. Thank you so much, Lori. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you and to talk about all things marketing, testing, and insights. I tell you, you have some wisdom to share. There is no doubt about it. Before we dive in, uh, we're going to tee up a couple things for our listeners today. There's so much great information that Tim is going to be sharing us that we've decided to actually have a two-segment podcast special. These these insights that Tim is going to be sharing with all of your all of our listeners today really will help you market better measure better, and increase revenue so that the sales and marketing teams are fully optimized, working in sync with one another. And moreover, you are achieving all of those sales and growth results that are expected. Before we get there, tell us a little bit more about your journey, Tim, and what led you ultimately to starting your own practice. It's been a wild ride, to be honest. You know, I started as a young child programming, doing software development, which led me into a whole career of software development and programming. So I don't come from a marketing background, surprisingly enough. Uh, but at the same time, at a young age, I adopted this interest in magic, you know, card tricks and things like that. And those two paths kind of overlapped and intersected and quickly led me to realize that marketing is my true calling, my true passion, because technology is synonymous with marketing nowadays. And also marketing is all about people. It's all about how people think and how they act, that behavioral psychology. And I've fine-tuned that uh, insight and knowledge and skill from my days and years and countless hours of practicing magic and performing for people. So uh, really magic and programming technology has led me to a place now where I'm able to work with companies and advise them and help them improve their marketing. I love it. I tell you, us marketers often pull rabbits out of hats. Uh, So who says we're not magicians, right? I love it. It's so true, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. So let's tee up really quick the two shows that, and and what our, our listeners will be learning through each one. So the first one we're going to really tie into or, or dive into rather some of the best practices and do's and don'ts of measurement um, and experimentation, some very, very important takeaways. And then we're going to launch into on the second show what you refer to, uh, Tim, as experiment zero. Would you tee up a little bit more about that then and provide us some additional detail about the first show we'll be taping today? Absolutely. So first, I want to talk about you know experimentation and best practices. And I think the big problem that most marketers face, and we'll dive more into that, but there's so much to unpack there about 
how we think about marketing and how we approach marketing and how we really need to think differently and approach it in a much different way than most people traditionally think about it. And then second is how do we get our teams to work together, uh, not just marketing, but also marketing and sales? And how do we capture the insights that we're learning and apply those consistently? And I call that the book of knowledge. It's an artifact that you can create very easily with your team, but it's extremely powerful. And I've seen it literally transform teams from underperforming to best in class. And so I'm really excited to dive into that and share more. Well, I'm excited to learn myself. Okay, at, at the end of the day, in case you're wondering, this it doesn't matter if you're a $750 million company or a $50 million company, or quite frankly, uh, a startup. At the end of the day, all brands are experiencing the same issues when it comes to operations and optimization. It's so true. They all have the same fundamental challenges. And it doesn't matter the size of your budget. It doesn't matter the resources that you have or the history or track record that you have. Uh, I work with a lot of really big brands and there's definitely some glamour in that you may think, but once you get behind the scenes and see the team and see how they operate, <laughs> you can tell I'm smiling here. Uh, it's a mess. <laughs> it's it's just a hectic, chaotic craziness. And so- The only difference is that they're bigger. <laughs> it, it's so true. And bigger means more problems, more issues. You know, adding one person to a team of 80 people, you know, is much more complicated than adding one person to a team of three people. And so uh, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. And it really is true. And so don't let that uh, make you feel bad that, you know, you don't have the budget or the resources. They still have the exact same problems and the exact same issues. And one of those, the biggest issue I've seen consistently is that brands get in their own way and by following what they call best practices, they look to competitors and they copy others thinking that that's what everyone else is doing. It must work for us. You see this with big companies. You see it with small companies. Everyone has that mindset that let's just copy what other people are doing. Well, and I think the issue there is there's no distinction, right? So from a buyer mindset standpoint, which brings in a lot of the psychology behind what you do and, and I do on a day-to-day -day basis, when there's no distinction and uh, you know, you've got someone at the buyer's table and they look at everything and it looks the same, you know, you end up putting yourself in a very compromising position where you won't be achieving the fast growth goals that we all set out to do. That's right, Lori. And I think Marty Neumeyer is the one who wrote book Brand Gap. And in it, he talks about what he calls the swap test, which is a branding exercise where if you take two advertisements, let's just imagine magazine advertisements, and you were to cover up the logo in the advertisement, could you still tell whose ad it is? Or if you were to swap the logos of the two companies of two different ads, would they still work? Does it still make sense? You know, if you imagine an Apple advertisement, if you were to cover up the Apple logo, you still know it's Apple because it's the whole vibe that they give you. It's the whole minimalistic feel. It's the colors. It's the aesthetic. It's everything about it. They're not copying other people. And yet, if you go into some other industries or look at other companies within you know, technology, for example, they're all identical. You can't tell them apart. And so when you talk about distinction, you're absolutely right that this is a big problem, that if you can't stand out, how will you be heard? How will you be seen? Well, that sea of sameness is something that I believe 90% of marketers are not doing a good job at. And it's just so simple to ultimately decide, okay, we need to be distinct. Here are the product areas that we can be distinct. Here's the branding areas, the messaging areas, you know, and, and following a good strategic process uh, will ultimately help brands uh, truly understand that, you know, there's truly an epidemic of best practices. 
There really is. You're absolutely right about that. And it's a problem that has been with us for decades, and I expect it'll never fully go away. But this is a great opportunity for those listening to this because they're in the know now. They know of the issue. And so it's now your responsibility to stop this from happening within your company because I guarantee you it's happening. Maybe you already know about it. Maybe you're the one who said, let's look at the competition and see what they're doing. Uh, Or maybe your team is, but it is happening and it needs to stop happening. And there is a ceiling that you're hitting by doing this that you don't realize that you're wasting money and time and you're getting subpar results by doing this. And so what you need to do instead is test and innovate and find out what works for you because what works for you is not what works for your competitors. I agree. And and how do you get to the point of testing and innovating and truly understanding that distinction, differentiation all those components are an important element of success. The first is you have to admit that this is true. You have to realize it. It's easy to just look to the competition and copy them or draw inspiration from them because it's accessible. You can see it. And you get in this arms race where you feel like, well, the competition is saying that or putting that creative out there. Uh, we need to do the same thing or we need to compete on that level. And the reality couldn't be further from the truth. You have to take a sharp left turn and be completely different. You know, this is what Apple did so well when they came out. This is what uh, many other companies do well is they just are different. You know, you think about Taco Bell or Skittles, you know, or T-Mobile becoming the uncarrier. On a strategic level, on a branding level, you have to be completely different. But also from an execution tactical perspective, the colors you use, the words you use, where you advertise, how you market yourself. You need to just completely disregard and almost pretend like the competition doesn't exist and then build your brand, build your company and do what makes sense for you and your audience. And you refer to that as Abe's Law. Yes. And Abe's Law, it stands for A-B-E, always be experimenting. And this is why you have to constantly be testing and trying new things. You can't settle with what you have known or what's worked for you in the past because the one thing marketing does every day is change. And so because it's constantly changing, your market is constantly changing, our culture is constantly changing, technology and the platforms that we're using, like TikTok and YouTube Shorts, are constantly changing. And so you have to always be experimenting. You have to follow Abe's law. The more you can experiment, the more you can learn, and the more you can learn, the better insights you'll have to apply to your marketing to make it even more effective and even more powerful. But if you're not experimenting at all, then you're sitting there And as my mentor says, the only way to coast is downhill. You have a great example for us on an experimentation that a marketer deployed that ultimately resulted in a key finding or a new path that they ultimately traveled down. Absolutely. I have tons of examples, but I'll give you a really simple one to start, which is one of my clients has an e-commerce site. And this e-commerce site generates a couple million dollars a year. And the cart button, once you add something to your cart, at the very top of the site, it would say cart, very small in text. And we realized that just shopping ourselves, it was hard to find that button. You know, once you added something to your cart, it was kind of hard to figure out where do you go to check out. So all we did is we ran a test to say, what if we made that cart button ginormous, just absolutely Mm -hmm. giant on the page, you couldn't miss it. And it looks ridiculous, I'll tell you, to be honest, it's so big now. Uh, But that one change resulted in a 16% improvement in the conversion rate of people checking out on the site, which led to a 3% increase in revenue for the site. You know, we're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars in about a month's worth of work. So this change doesn't have to be complicated, doesn't have to be difficult. Sometimes it's the most obvious things that you just realize by going through it. 
but don't let that stop you. I think oftentimes in testing, we think it has to be some big, massive, large scale change. And it really doesn't. It can be the simple, small things that have a huge impact. Yeah, that's such great advice. And I think we lose sight of that. And and much of the time we overcomplicate what could be super simple as well. You know, there are definitely, as you've talked about some best practices, what are some examples of things that marketers should not be doing or testing should not be taking a look at? The first, as we said, is obviously don't copy your competitors. That's going to lead you nowhere. But the second is equally true, which is don't assume that anything doesn't work or that what you're doing is working. Just because you've had success and maybe you know, you're know you a startup or you're a $50 million company and you've had success, you've seen some growth, don't assume that the trajectory you're on will last forever and that what you're doing is really working. You know, Too often I see companies that, that climb the preferable mountain, they get to the top and they say, we've made it, we've figured it out, You know, we're growing, this is amazing. And they forget to turn around and look behind them because behind them is a mountain that's 10 times bigger that they realize, they haven't realized that they could climb that mountain too. And so you can't stop. You have to always be pushing yourself further. Uh, But if you assume that what we're doing is working or what we're doing is the best it can be, then you're always going to be stuck. And the third and final thing would say- Actually, I was going to mention something there. It's it's a very interesting discussion because we as marketers, as brand managers, quite often- take a look at the length of a campaign and utilize that as a decision based on whether or not we should push out a new campaign or new messaging. And so this testing and scaling and and measurement becomes a very, very important component of that. We've got a client that we've worked with for uh, 14 years and developed a very iconic brand character for this um, $125 million retailer about, again, 14 years ago. And it's a very kitschy character, uh, lots of almost campy, uh, lots of fun and energy, very whimsical, very ethereal. But he has delivered this message on behalf of the brand for many, many years. Every time we bring on a new designer to the team, they want to redesign the character. They want to get rid of the character. And how do we as marketers stop the individuals who want to make change for change sake versus what really should be done in this situation? You know, retail sales continue to climb. We've done study, two studies now that say he's the, you know, he's the brand connection that people have in the market. But change for change sake, I think really gets in the way of CMOs taking on a new role. Um, they they want to make their mark. That's a great point. I think you're absolutely right that many new people who come in, you know, have their own perspective and want to blow things up and cause change just because they want to leave their mark. Sometimes that is the right move. You know, if, if sales are not increasing or are not sustainable, then obviously you need to make a change. But in cases where things are successful, you want to be delicate and change is still probably necessary to push things further, but you want to do so in a controlled way. So just, you know, in your example, I would say, you know, introducing a secondary character who could disappear if necessary, or making subtle changes to the main character are all good ways to think about, you know, testing and trying new things to push it, you know, further. The problem with customers is that if you ask them what they want, they'll tell you, but they're almost always wrong. And this is what the brilliance of Steve Jobs really was, was that he was a visionary who could see beyond what people asked. There's an infamous quote of Henry Ford also who said, if I asked people what they want, they would have said faster horses. And (laughs) 
you know, this is how we need to think is we need to listen to the customers. Obviously, they matter a, a large amount, um, but we also need to push them a little bit and test and see uh, how they respond to new things. It's really interesting right now as at the time of this recording to look at Disney with Minnie Mouse, who's being rebranded. Now she's going to wear a, a pantsuit. And there's a lot of reasons behind that, you know, and, uh, and positives and negatives. But it's interesting to see such an iconic character who for so long has been one way, uh, now shifting and changing to, you know, adopt a new identity, I'll call it, in cultural society that we're in today. So I think that's a great example of a subtle shift that, you know, is having a positive response with the community. But still, it's the primary character. It's the main character. She hasn't changed herself necessarily, but really her representation has changed a little bit. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I, I had not heard that. That's and I'll be at Disney in a couple of weeks, so I'm uh, excited to know that. See how you know, see if it's it hit the streets, uh, if you will. You know, the other point I, I want to bring up before we get to the third don't here is in both of these examples, we're talking about a brand character. You know, the branding component of the overall you know company itself. There are so many things to consider when it comes to testing. It could be the absolute, you know, it could be the messaging. It could be that distinction, that difference that we talked about. It could be a product attribute. It could be, uh, you know, execution regarding a digital campaign or what the right mix is or, you know, day parting or, you know, video versus stat, uh, static, you know, all these different things that ultimately need to be considered and I think if individuals methodically take a look at all of this and you've got your marketing plan in front of you, right, you know, precisely when everything is going to be deployed, if you just put some KPIs to the right and determine, okay, what's the measure of measurability of this? How can we test? How can we learn? How can we grow this one component? Or you know, take it off the table, I think is a real simple way to not overcomplicate what a lot of Tim and I are talking about today. That is absolutely amazing, Lori, because I actually have created a framework called the Test Driven Marketing Framework, and it encompasses what you just described, which is the fact that there's so many elements you can test. You listed out a whole slew of them, and it's hard to decide where do you start and which test will have the biggest impact and which area will apply. And so in Test Driven Marketing, what we do is we create these strategic factors, basically, where we get together as a team and we rank out and map out all the different things we could test, you know, whether it's influencers or video or, you know, what have you. And then we decide three or four of those things that we can commit to, you know, for the next quarter. And the majority of the tests that we run align to one of those three or four strategic factors. And so it really helps focus the testing and align it to make sure that a, we're moving the needle, you know, as far as possible in a short time frame. But B, that we're being structured and methodical about what we're testing, and not just testing random things and trying to put the pieces back together and figure out, well, what does this all mean? And so, I think what you just underscored there is so important for the listeners to realize that uh, the more of a process you can have, the more methodical you can be about testing, the better insights you'll be able to collect and then put together to form the bigger picture which will help drive and inform your strategy and your approach and how you actually execute all of your marketing. Yeah, that's great. Thank you, Tim. So we've talked about two don'ts. Don't copy your competitors. Don't assume anything works or doesn't. And then the final is don't ignore new opportunities. Absolutely. And this is a big one, especially now. A lot of people see YouTube shorts or TikTok, for example, and they say, you know, that's Gen Z. You know, I'm not going to touch that. That's not for me. A video is not for our industry all sorts of excuses. 
And I will tell you right now that many of my clients are having huge success on TikTok. I'm not saying that you should go to TikTok right now and you'll have huge success. What I'm saying is don't ignore new opportunities because you never know what will work. And also, if your competition thinks the same as you do, they're going to ignore those opportunities, which makes them a blue ocean for you. And so we have to test and try everything. Uh, given, you know, this isn't you should devote all your budget into TikTok and, and try it out <laughs> that way, but dip your toe in the water into any new opportunity and see if it makes sense. Don't just uh, reject it wholeheartedly by saying it can't possibly work for us. And there's many new opportunities today, uh, and there will be many more new opportunities coming in the future. Just give you a peek into the future. You know, the metaverse is coming. That's one thing. I don't think it's, you know, ready for prime time yet. Right. Uh, but but grocery stores even now are going to start selling your data so that as you shop in the grocery store, uh, now retailers can have access to that data to run advertisements to you. A pet stores, vets, the same thing. You take your pet into you know, a pet store, uh, <laughs> almost named some names here, but you go into a pet store, you know, they have data about your pet and the ailments of your pet and things of that nature. And now you're going to get advertisements from companies or outreach based on different foods and toys and treats and all sorts of things. So um, there's many new opportunities coming down the pike very soon. And we need to pay attention to those and we need to participate in those because they could be transformative. Yeah. Who says we need Google? That's right. <laughs> Google does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you had this wonderful term, it's called, uh, experiment zero. Explain that to our listeners. Experimentation and testing, uh, can seem complicated. It can seem complex and overwhelming. And the reality is the best way to get into experimentation is just to do it. It's just to rip off the bandaid and say, let's test something. And that's where experiment zero comes in. I encourage everyone, if you're listening to this, if you've never run an experiment, if you're a marketing assistant or a CMO, it doesn't matter. You need to run an experiment. And so experiment zero is the idea that just pick something, anything. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it has a, an impact at all. Just pick something and run a test for it because the process will teach you a lot. And even how you go about testing will teach you how to think differently about all of your marketing, about understanding validation and testing and comparison and results. There's so much to dive into. And so if you wanna get started, Again, just go to your website, open it up right now, click through the pages and find something on the page. It doesn't matter what it is that you say, I wonder if we were to change this, I bet something would happen. Either results would go up, results would go down, we get more people to fill out the form, whatever it is, just pick something and then test that. And if you devote the next two weeks to that, launch that, then I guarantee once that test finishes, you'll feel better, you'll have better insights and you'll be addicted to this idea that you can test and should test everything. Yeah, I love that. And the beauty of it is when I started with, with Avocet uh, many, many years and moons ago, many sunrises ago, you know, it was the early 90s, right? And experimentation cost a lot of money. It just did. And it doesn't today. So don't let experimentation, you know, don't let your mindset get in the way of experimentation from a cost standpoint, because these things just don't have to cost. It's creativity. It's ideation. It's answering what could be, what if. You're so right, Lori. And let's be step-by-step step here for the audience. You know, Google Optimize is the number one tool I recommend for most of my clients, even big companies. If you're a startup, it works for you just as well. And Google Optimize is completely free. It is cost zero dollars. There's no excuse, as you said, to not do this. So if you Google, go to Google and type in Google Optimize, that's two words, you'll find it and you can sign up, create a free account. 
and that connects to your website. It connects to your Google Analytics, which I hope you already have, which is also free. And then from there, inside of Google Optimize, you can watch some videos on YouTube on how to use it, but they have good documentation as well. You can create a test of your site, any page on your site. And even on that test, you can modify the page without any developer. So, you know, if you're a, a copywriter or if you're a designer or if you're, a, you know, anybody, you can change the page yourself with Google Optimize's tool set to add things, to remove things, to change the colors of things, to move things around to create your test. So you don't need a developer. You don't need a team. You can do this by yourself and you can do it today. I love it. And then we've only got a few more minutes here before we sign off and then invite our listeners back to our second episode to continue this, but truly formalizing that, making sure that it sticks, it becomes a part of the DNA is, is very important. And then you need to ultimately just define, you know, what you are testing and why, um, how do you get ideas? Let's t- uh, dive into that really quick. There are so many good places to get ideas, but the simplest, the easiest, and often the most powerful are from mystery shopping your business. And what I mean by that is just pretending as if you were a customer or a prospect of your own business. You know, uh, call up your business, go to the website, click on your own ads, and and go through that process. You're probably going to find things that you're unhappy about that are broken or don't work or have outdated images or whatever. Uh, you can fix those. But other things you'll realize are the process is clunky or you wish there was more information on the page. Those are great candidates of things to test. Uh, likewise, customer service in the same vein. If you have a customer service department, guess what? They're talking to your customers every day. They're hearing all the complaints. They're also hearing all the praise. So go ask them and say, what are people often asking us about? What information do you have to keep giving people? And then find a place to provide that for people on your site, through your marketing materials, et cetera. So those are two really easy, really high value ways to find a ton of ideas. And if you do those, you'll have a long, long list you can test for days. Well, I tell you, great insights today, Tim. Cannot wait to get on to our second episode here, where again, we're going to dive into some of the challenges of marketing. And Tim is going to introduce us to what is the book of knowledge. Thank you so much for your appearance on the Integrate and Ignite podcast. This episode is complete, but the inspiration has just begun. Head over to avocetcommunications.com for show notes and more aha moments. Tune in regularly to ignite your integrated business and marketing strategies with Lori Jones and the Integrate and Ignite podcast.